Hi everyone, and welcome to our lovely, lovely, wonderful recap of Season 1 of Prism Pals. Yay! Okay, welcome to Prism Pals Recap Episodes 1-8 through 8 by Russ Wilde. Episode 1, The Hand of Fate. Bayou meets up with Rhea, Elsie meets up with Veronica, Gibbs meets up with Juno and Jasper, Nathaniel and Holland are no homo. Since the gays started. Gay started. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Establishing. Polyamorous space lesbians, lesbian lesbians in the spring, tell me what is happening. Uh, the squad splits into groups, the most important thing is that Miss Stars takes Gibbs, Elsie, Vayu, and Holland into the wagon. It's fortune time. There are Whoa. seven cards drawn, four points of a square with a three-card line across. Top left is one for the child who builds worlds. It's Warlord. It's Gibbs. Oh no. And the chat <laughs> is, your might is not in your body, but in your mind. Those who see this will be blinded by it. What they do while blind will be your fall. Top right is one for the teen who hears storms, which is actually Vayu. And it's basically saying, Whoa. hey... Don't be lazy, you have to do things to make sure everyone's okay. The bottom left is one for the man who bends steel. It's Inferno. Guess what? It's Kyle. A.K.A. Holland. A.K.A. <laughs> AKA Sandy. A.K.A. Sandy. Sandy. It's Kyle. And basically saying, hey, you can be really angry. If you're really angry, it's gonna hurt you. But you can be angry at specific people and that might work. Um, and then the bottom right is for Elsie. It's one of the few cards for two faded, and it is Plague. Uh, basically saying, will you heal or will you spread death? Let's find out. Fortune time and a line. Uh, an ally who guides the comet was on the right. Basically saying that someone's going to arrive from the stars and they need your help. Give them your assistance and they'll give you your their life. That did happen. On the left is an enemy's might, which was Puppet. Uh, there's a creature that seeks to disrupt and disturb your plan, but it's their boss who's the real problem. Uh, in the middle was a deity's light, which was death. Um, basically saying that Dust wants to know what's gonna happen. Dust is gonna be like, ooh girl, what's happening over here during your entire adventure? And then bonus round was the innocent, which was, of course, Rhea. So, where the hecky is Rhea? Oh, that sounds like a scream. <laughs> Episode 2, Innocent. <laughs> this is really good. Elsie no. is the first on the scene to find three racists threatening Rhea. Bad words are said. Combat begins. Vayu smash. Elsie stab. Gibbs shoot. Holland gets hit. <laughs> There's a weird shield thing that happens where Holland's face gets protected by a knife. By like this weird orange glowy thing. Uh, oh yeah. We then beat up the bigots. The bigots fall down and Rhea runs away. Yeah. Classic. Vayu follows and comforts Rhea. Holland, Elsie, and Gibbs take the Hasharians to the temple to save their lives. Uh, they get healed. Holland finds out that the lucky charm from Floor is actually magical, meaning that Floor is most likely magical. Floor arrives at the temple with a cut across her face in the same spot where Holland would have been cut, which is, hmm, suspicious. And then Elsie finds out his friends won't leave Vergan because one of them is Pregaganant. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that was a plot point. Yes. <laughs> Episode 3 riffs. Fayu has two hands for hugging, one for Rhea and one for Gibbs, and comforts them both. 
Flora is kind of still unconscious, but kind of also awake. Captain Nakamura learns about the fight that happened and warns Holland, hey, don't go telling people, cause bad. Elsie packs to leave, but gets a gift from Veronica and then leaves. The destruction of Vayu Hadari. Vayu and Gibbs and Ray return <laughs> to the festival. They find Evie. Evie sends the kids to the group. Evie then proceeds to drag Vayu for filth. Evie tells yeah. Vayu to never come back to the orphanage. Vayu is sad. Gibbs and Vayu sit on a cliff and listen to a music box. Look, it's a bird! Holland goes to Heart and Hearth, cries. Normal day for Holland. Elsie goes to leave the town, runs into a person named Mela. They go to watch fireworks. During fireworks, an unidentified falling object falls out of a purple rift. Party sees this and goes to explore. Everyone meets up, heads into the forest, and finds a weird sphere in a trench in the forest. Fire time! Holland touches sphere, burns himself. Vayu's bow staff touches sphere, burns. Gibbs doesn't touch the sphere, doesn't burn. Elsie touches the sphere, burns himself. The sphere opens. There is an entire man inside with a symbol of the city of Nairs and the archmages. Nairs disappeared in the gouging. Dun dun dun. So very dramatic. Uh, would anyone like to discuss anything I've said so far? I have no points of contention. This is very thorough. I'm okay. just going back to my... Um... PowerPoint and changing the spelling of Nairs because I didn't know how to spell it. That's fine. Episode 4 Friend and Foe Inspiration is discussed. Holland wakes man after failed poking attempt by Vayu. <laughs> the man is named Malachi Doris, a citizen of Nairs. When asked about the past, his bracelets grow and glow, not grow, glow and become golden and stuff. There's a small sidebar about theories, which aliens are discussed, time travel is discussed, and the incredible, incredible quote, context clues value happens. I forgot about that. Forgot Good about times. That too. The sphere is moving, and then the sphere is thrown. Because bad times. Mighty Morphin Monster. There's a big, scary beast who wants to munch, slash, and poke. Combat begins. Vayu goes unconscious. Malachi digs through some robes. Creature stabs Holland, then turns into Holland. Spicy. And then says, please return pr the prisoner in a language that only Holland understands. Customer service voice. <laughs> the customer service voice. <laughs> only Holland understands that? Only Holland understands the spirit of customer service. The rest of them are old enough to work retail. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, Malachi throws the orb to the ground. It explodes in cool lights, giving everyone a long rest, which did nothing for Gibbs or Elsie, but that's okay. And then Vayu defeats the creature. <laughs> the man in white. The creature transforms into a pale man with no ears and yellow eyes that release a white ichor on the outside edges of the eyes. Ugh, God, I hate that description. He begins to laugh. Says, thank you, Malachi, then begins to burn away, turning into a pile of gray goo and a cracked red orb. <laughs> Episode 5, Dust. We are halfway through, everyone. Yay. I'm impressed. What now? Gibbs shoves their hand in gray goo. Malachi's golden things have spread to his chest. Dust surrounds Elsie. Elsie disappears. Holland takes the leftover dust for future times. Do I still have that? Oh, God. No, you do not. We'll, we'll okay. discuss that in a minute. Uh, everyone gets to heart and hearth, but Gibbs goes home and Vayu goes home. Uh, some guards go up to Gibbs and say, hey, you did a bad. Please come in the morning to the Five Ambassadors building. Uh, Vayu is charged with crimes. And then the guards leave both places. <laughs> Vayu meditates. Holland finds a locket on Malachi, doesn't open it. 
Holland sleeps, and Gibbs sleeps. Episode 6, Looking Back, Moving Forward. Prologue, in the forest, Mela talks to Indigo and calls for cleanup crew to gather assets as soon as possible. In the throne room, the man in white watches a clip of the fight, presses a button on his chair, tells Alger to send for the twins for a job, and says it's time to go home. Lightning round. Fayu has a memory from their childhood, hears singing, and then runs into the forest, meeting Galvana, child of lightning and spirit of storms. There's lightning, lots of lightning, some fire, more lightning. Let's make an upgrade. Gibbs heads to Heart and Hearth, memory of their dad and their first creation. They make a robot toy, give it to their father while discussing depression in terms that are easy to understand for kids, and then plan for their day. Da uh, Gibbs's dad in the future cherishes the toy and adores it and takes it with them on the mission. Gibbs turns a bug with their gun into a feature, making the gun louder. Such a great feature. <laughs> burn Holland, burn. Holland can't make fire. Holland mixes the dust from episode fire with the charcoal. Episode five episode with five. the charcoal. Memory of the first presence of magma and forge with Ulrich, except Holland cuts himself, makes a cool sword, and then isn't hurt. Uh, and then Holland meets Forge, who is very sassy and wants friends. And then Holland can make fire. Congratulations, everyone. We We've did it. Exit the, the Stone Age. Episode seven: Copycat slash charges. Boom boom! Wake wake the room. Gibbs makes grenades, and Boom Boom Malachi's awake. Malachi wants to talk to the group about the past, but the bracelets just keep glowing gold. Vayu wakes up in a forest all alone. Flash Morph, wait, no, it's a copycat. There's lots of them wherever Malachi was in a prison, because he was trespassing in a place he was not meant to be. And speaking of B, B shows up and then yeets on out. There's an info dump about the guards and the charges that are happening, and then the mom squad, Evie and Freya, get gathered up to go see Captain Nakamura, who's basically like, oh hey, here's what's wrong, and then Holland's like, okay, bye, yeet, and leaves to go see Elsie's mom. Episode 8, Trial. During the time warp, we skip forward to the, near, <laughs> to the end of the hour. Holland has informed Elsie's family about his disappearance, Evie left to get some things, guards take Holland to the ambassador building, but not to the trial, and grenades and gun are handed over to Freya, Fayu's mom. Dramatic chair turn reveal, Holland's brought to the office of the Harsharian ambassador, surprise surprise, it's Genevieve, Holland's mom. Big reveal, Luca lied about a lot of things to protect his brother and make sure everyone made it into Ragan safely. Genevieve and Holland argue, things escalate, big reveal part two, Genevieve's actually an Asimar, and Holland agrees to keep all of this information a secret. I forgot about that. I did too. I got the second half of the big reveal, and I'm like, I didn't remember anything about the first half. <laughs> all rise for the honorable ambassadors. So there's a lot of ambassadors, and they're like, oh yeah, here are your charges, and everyone has to defend themselves. Uh, Gibbs has a junior inventor's permit, and therefore cannot be charged for making weaponry but can be charged for firing weaponry. Uh, Holland takes full blame for Luca's lies. Gibbs tattles on Evie's encouragement of them making and using weaponry, and Vayu oh, yeah. stands firm in their choices. Results. Uh, Holland is sent to Malra. Gibbs and Vayu are to be imprisoned in Ragan. Everyone gets one visitor before the day ends, and then Freya screams, Evie cries, and Genevieve leaves you all on red. Love my mom. <laughs> Love her so much. In conclusion, I've realized that this is Gibbs talking about Holland and Vayu. Thank you for your time. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a gif Thank of the kid who says, don't mess with me. I've got the power of God and anime on my side.
Is Holland oh God in Vayu's anime? Yes. <laughs> Thank God. I love Beautiful. that. Beautiful. Thank you for your service. I love that. Okay, and that is my presentation, everyone. That's episodes one through eight of Prism Pals. Any comments, questions, or concerns for nah, your presenter? I didn't. I didn't realize that Indigo was foreshadowed so early. When was Indigo foreshadowed? Episode six. Mel calls Indigo. I missed that in the presentation and the episode. I think. Sam, please don't edit this this slideshow further. Just leave it as <laughs> just leave it as please. <laughs> okay. For for the people who uh, do not see the PowerPoint, just a blank slide <laughs> with some text that says "I'll make it pretty later" in all caps. Which is a mood. I don't think anyone's allowed to edit their slides. Oh no. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Episode 9, Jailbirds. We're all in baby jail. Um, Ollie doesn't know the age of their own characters. What? When did that happen? Because you were talking about, like, a model or something, and I don't know, something about the ages. I honestly don't remember. Um, anyway, we all talk to our people. Thank you, very helpful. You're so welcome. We all talk to our people. Um, Evie tries to give Gibbs some hope, but Gibbs doesn't catch on because I rolled two nat ones, and Gibbs is just sad instead. Vayu talks to Amala, uh, Amala is sad, and ends their interaction with the weird message from their mother saying, don't go to sleep, and then that's that. Oops, I failed. Holland speaks to Genevieve, and says that Flora is still in recovery, and then more backstory with how Holland was Bored and Genevieve was sick during labor, and the midwife saw that Hollow was an asthmar, but apparently didn't see that Genevieve was. And anyway, gave them a choice to either send him to the sanctuary or try and make a run for it where they might have died. And so Genevieve sent Holland to the sanctuary, and Holland kind of hates her for that. We don't really know what happens at the sanctuary, but not good things. Not yet, folks. But you gonna. Then they kind of just mess around while they're in prison because they're bored. Gives and buy you play with some dice. Uh, Holland makes some magic god bracelets. And then all of a sudden, there's some noise outside. And there's explosions and protesters. And a bunch of people are coming. And Evie and Akira are coming to rescue everybody. Woo! Is Isabella on that slide a reference to... Is that an actual character or is that a reference to... That's Elsie's mom. Okay, I didn't re- remember an NPC named Isabella. That's I was like, not Animal just Crossing, no. Animal Crossing, no. Why would I have Animal Crossing? I don't know. We're all wild. Slides. I'm the only wild here. Anyway, episode Boo. 10, Stealth. <laughs> Basically, they all get broken out of prison because of everybody. Um, and then they have to sneak away through the town to get out of it. But they want to find Malachi first. But the thing is, Giz and Holland are not stealthy. They run into that person who has like a crush on Holland, who has a sign about Holland being bootylicious. But we Ms. turn Higgins. that around to say, yeah, Miss Higgins has a sign Absolute saying legend. that Holland is bootylicious. But we changed that and start talking about how Russ is always bootylicious instead. Then it's a whole big we chase right. scene with the chase mechanics. Bayou is chaotic stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to run on the roof. And I just thought it was funny yeah. how they said perhaps the roof may have perchance. Ross is saying low DCs and we're failing all of them. 
Um, like, it's just so bad. We were doing really, really terrible. Holland almost gets captured after belly flopping on some guards. Gets out of it somehow, except I didn't write it down how. <laughs> Thanks. Bayou <laughs> <laughs> and Gibbs zipline land finger guns. Holland can't finger gun for some reason. And Evie had Malachi the entire time, and we just forgot because we're stupid and wasted time trying to find him to begin with. You didn't forget. You just didn't know that Evie had Malachi. I thought I forgot. <laughs> no, y'all didn't know that. I thought Evie, See? like, told Gibbs or Nah, some... y'all locked Malachi in the forge, left for the entire day, and then <laughs> oh, it was nighttime. No, but I... Oh, but yeah. Gibbs forgot that they told Evie... About Malachi. Anything at yes. all about Malachi. That's what it was. Mm. So anyway, Vayu and Gibbs are super cool. Holland sucks. Vayu gets a little smooch from Ezra. Uh, Holland gets a little tracking bracelet from Floor. Who's from a line of witches, apparently? And she has a lot of secrets. Floor also hands on a letter from B. I like how you spell Floor two different ways in two lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it pretty later. <laughs> Can you add it again and spell F L O O R? Floor. Just spell Floor any kind of way you can. Yeah. P-H-L-U-R. You make it a big deal. <laughs> the two ways I spell floor are F-L-E-U-R and F-L-U-E-R. I did not edit this PowerPoint, okay? That's not a big deal. <laughs> I can't with y'all. And we meet up with Mela, who's super cool. And I don't think Gibbs likes her. Oh, yeah. Holland didn't trust her at first either. Into the Woods, it's episode 11, where Russ decides to start handing out inspiration whenever they like something, so that's cool. I would Evie like, and Bella, it turns out, or Gal Pals. I would yes, like Russ? to have a justification for this, <laughs> which is episode 10 was the biggest failure of roles I've ever seen from a <laughs> So I decided to give you all inspiration like candy, so hopefully something would turn out well. And then someone goes and blows all of his inspiration on flipping a one religion check. That was me. <laughs> oh, just wait <laughs> till we get names. to the trials and you remember how Vayu spends all of their inspiration. Oh yeah, that's fun. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Anyway, Evie and Mello were gal pals. Everybody except for Evie are going to... The capital, which is Mara. And Mela offers, gives them like two options. She offers them to work with the Platinum Ambitions, which is the biggest Heroes Guild, who were the judges on who could go on the Narrow Seas mission. Um, it is the oldest guild, but anybody who is a member of the Platinum Ambitions couldn't go on the Narrow Seas mission just to make it fair and such. We find out more about Malachi. He was a leader of Nairs before it disappeared. He was an archmage. Knows more about the gouging than anyone else, but because of the magic bracelets, can't say anything. Malachi, Mela, and everybody start walking into the woods. Challenger approaches. It's just some wolves. We test them. Mela and Malachi just kind of watch. This is where Gibbs starts not liking Mela, because Gibbs calls Mela boring, which annoys Mela. But then they come across this campsite, which is abandoned, question mark? No, it's obvious someone has been there recently, and we just ignore it. And Vayu and Gibbs see little footprints and decide to follow them, while Holland looks through all the stuff inside this camp. Vayu and Gibbs find a berry trap, and that meet a little goblin person, who is named Garl! 
who is older than six. To be more specific, three more than six. Uh, Garl makes a powerful enemy in Gibbs. <laughs> That's true. one way to put it. Gibbs is making a lot of enemies in this segment. Series? Um, yeah. Holland gets caught stealing. Garl calls him a trash panda. And Garl starts calling Gibbs shrimpy, shrimpy, shrimpy. Which Gibbs doesn't like. And it ends with Garl sticking his tongue out at Gibbs and Holland telling him to put it away. Then we go on to episode 12. Russ is upset because they really want to talk about the name of the forest. And <laughs> until we give him, we're like, okay, what's the name of the forest? And everyone stays at the camp and everyone starts taking turns to go and watch Vayu's first and realizes that Vayu Jr. has been abandoned and is not with them until, never mind, there he is because of magic dice that Vayu rolls. Actually, I think Russ rolled that. Yes. Russ rolled I a manifested die, and the one option that could bring Vayu Jr. back brought Vayu Jr. back. You can't keep a man separated from their bird. Gibbs is on watch with Holland because they are 10 and should not be put on watch by themselves. And while they are on watch, Gibbs is looking over the blueprints they were given, and it's a telescope designed by their parents that lets them see whoever they want, basically like a permanent scrying spell, but they need a glowing crystal, capital G, capital C, for it to work. Holland tries to help, or look over it to help. Gibbs is like, eh, make your bracelets. Holland takes his time to read B's letter, who says to look for Serena of the Flame. Also, there's a pouch. She packed up Holland's flame. There's the Inferno card again. Uh-oh. Thought we burned that a while ago. It came back. Gibbs realizes their hand is gray after touching some goop and freaks out. <laughs> this is this I just so wrote powerful. copycat goo. Hmm? <laughs> the goo moves? But it's okay because Holland destroys it. But that upsets Gibbs, who runs to try to pick it up. There's a bunch of broken glass. Gibbs doesn't care. Um, they realize that the red orb is what the goo's reacting to because it keeps waiting to go to it. The goo eventually touches the orb and it turns into a little Gibbs. Uh, and Bayou smashes the orb. And Gibbs is upset about that too. And Garl sees that Gibbs is upset and starts calling Gibbs shrimpy again. And Gibbs, again, is a powerful enemy and pushes uh, Garl down and freaks him out. Which is maybe not the best thing to do because Garl is now going to Malra with them. So that's cool. So Garl joins the group for a little bit. They start walking again. They find a chest with a symbol of a thieves guild known as the Violet Raven. This will be important later. Hint, hint. I wrote really big. It explodes when Holland tries to open it, but not when Gibbs tries to and they find a bunch of cool stuff. And that brings us to episode 13, Down Under. They get to Malra. It's really freaking cool. Uh, but they have to go into the sewers, so they can't really enjoy it all that much, except for Garl, who goes off to find his sister after Pinky promising Gibbs that he won't, ra- won't rat them out. Also, there are a bunch of apologies going around to Garl, too, and they're kind of on good terms, but Gibbs still doesn't really like him. The team keeps arguing about who has and does not have dark vision, because that's a thing we also didn't know for a while. <laughs> Holland holds a hand, I think Malachi's hand. They find more treasure with the same symbol of that group. With that is a cool mask and some salves and potions. Russ forgot about Gibbs' hand being all gray, but the team did not. And so they use the magic salve to get rid of it. But not before Gibbs puts on the mask without any warning whatsoever. Turns out this mask can detect different kinds of magic. 
through smell because it has a really big nose. And so you can smell what kind of magic things have. Um, and Russ quickly regrets this because we asked specifically what everything smells like. It all smells like some sort of food. Eventually, they make it to the end of the sewers, and then they climb up into this room, which is a lab, where they meet Indigo, who is, like, big and tough-looking dude, dude in a wheelchair, who has a clapping robot that Gibbs is obsessed with. After talking to Indigo and realizing that, hey, you know, they made it, they also meet Guildmaster Syed. I didn't know how to spell Syed and decided not to look it up, and so I kept writing Gilgamesh, because that's how we refer to him anyway. <laughs> who brings them to Poppy, who talks about how we're all going to go into these trials, and there's a whole discussion about making the trials accessible for different kinds of heroes. And so that was really cool. Uh, Gibbs is small and Holland doesn't like small spaces. There are a bunch of trial rooms, which for some reason I didn't write down what they were actually called, but they're basically just like the the, the normal like D&D stats. I like, like that you only wrote agility <laughs> and beef. <laughs> Because as I was listening and reminiscing about how amazing these episodes are, those are the only two I can remember. Beef is the most important. Hold on, it was agility and beef in all caps. (laughs) Just so everyone knows. To be clear, everyone listening, beef was in all caps. Because, like, you know, agility is like dexterity, beef is actually might, which is actually strength. And so that brings us to the Masters Part 1, which is really just the Trials Part 1. So going through this real fast, they need to pass a certain amount individually, and they also have to pass There's a certain a amount as a group. What, what's the mistake? The first trial is run by Indigo, not Gilgamesh. Yeah, you're right. Clown. 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 <laughs> Boo. I have to leave it there, because it's in the recording. And everyone's going to know your shame if you change it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not allowed to change the PowerPoint, right? So now I'm just going to confuse all the people Call out who... post for sale. <laughs> anyway they go into their first trial which is run by indigo which is the intelligence test um which is just a literally like a test like you're in school like a written test about things that have happened in their lives and they all cheat on it which is not really cheating because they never said it wasn't allowed but they're basically whispering answers to each other the entire time and everybody passes then they move on to the wisdom trial which is run by poppy they transform into an animal and the team had to figure out which animal was them holland fails then they move on to the trial of beefiness which is the trial of might which is the trial of strength which is run by quion where we basically had to arm wrestle quion this is where vayu <laughs> Uses up all of the inspiration. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> all of it. And it, it's just really sad. Meanwhile, Gibbs, who is like a foot and a half tall, wins Quion over, not by strength, but just by being really cute to the point that Quion is super distracted. And then Gibbs also tried to pull a whole what's over there sort of move. Anyway, Gibbs does great. Bayou does not. There's victory juice Fine. and chocolate milk and apple juice. Served by who? Served by Guy Fieri, and they are in a tavern. I don't think I've ever seen piece. you more annoyed at saying a name before. Anyway, so that was episode 14. Episode 15 is the second half of the trials. And so the second half, we have agility, which is everyone basically in like a trash chute, and they have to avoid all the trash that's being thrown on top of them. And Gibbs decides to just hide under Holland's shield and eat the trash instead. Vayu also doesn't do very well in this one either, which sucks for them, considering it's agility. Vayu was having bad rolls. <laughs> oh, this one was run by Mela. Yeah, they pass that, which means they don't have to pass anything else, 
but we decide we want to anyway because these have been fun. The personality test, aka charisma, is where we meet <laughs> Docantis, another one of the the masters who is a world famous bar, but no one really cares because apparently none of us listen to music. He makes pretty light displays with music because also he's blind, so that's what like voices and music looks like kind of to him. The whole task is that we have to lie while not lying. Gibbs does this by just going off on a tangent. Vayu fails. It's just really bad and it just tells the truth. <laughs> yeah, that did happen. <laughs> Holland chose like a different truth to tell. I believe. It was also bad. I, Holland it was also failed bad. too. Gibbs goes on a little tangent about how they're the greatest person in the group. There's supposed to be more questions, but Docantis is just so perplexed by the fact that Vayu just told the truth that he decides <laughs> not to do the second half and then just kick us all out. I'd like to point out that that wasn't acting. I was just genuinely so stressed by trying to lie that I also <laughs> ended up telling the truth. It was not a character choice. That oh, was yeah. just what came out of my mouth. <laughs> then the final one we go to is Vitality, which is run by Venra, who comes out with cookies just for fun. But none, none of us. No, well, that's a lie. Bayou and Gibbs. Don't trust the cookies. Holland does and just eats them right away. The whole test here is that they have to take these potions and just basically not get poisoned, kind of. We just have to, like, fight off the symptoms. None of us are able to do that. There's one potion that makes you sneeze flames, which Holland took, but Gibbs wanted it. And so Vayu promised Gibbs to help <laughs> Gibbs learn how to sneeze flames. So just a little reminder that that's the thing that needs to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry I forgot. Also, Gibbs doesn't like Venra all that much because Venra called them a little kid. And so, yeah, they finish all the trials and Gilgamesh is like, good job. And we get a magic symbol on the back of our hand that stands for the Platinum Ambitions. And we can make it appear or disappear whenever we want. And also it glows in the dark and Gilgamesh is very happy about it. Wait, we can make it disappear whenever we want? Can we? I don't remember. Because yes. in a later episode, that became <laughs> an issue. And I just wrapped my hand up yes. in a cloth. I did stuff. do that later on. When did well, that happen? That was when you were trying to open the box in the dark. But anyways, let's keep going. Oh, yeah. So episode 16, Harmonic Movement. We are assigned a room where we're all going to be living. We're given a tour of everything. Gibbs and Bayou go off exploring for secret tunnels. We try to find a secret tunnel that's like basically guarded by Gifieri, but we set off an alarm and Gifieri is not very happy with us. Flavortown's not a place, but Tasteville is. Uh, Holland makes Vayu a ring. There's a joke about toe rings for a second. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for including that part. <laughs> it's not even on the actual presentation. <laughs> I just remember it. <laughs> Holland has a neat dream, not with Forge in it, but there's a person there who Holland asked Forge who it was, and Forge is like, oh, that's the prophet. And prophets are basically like the most powerful level of clerics. So that's neat. Vayu also has a cool dream um, where everything's super stormy and they hear Galvana telling them to wake up. And Vayu wakes up, says tight, and then goes back to sleep. Then we get a note in the morning saying that we're going to be starting training and to meet up in this one room. And also, most teams come up with a team name, so we should probably do that. <laughs> <laughs> Some name suggestions are thrown out, like Marky, Mon- Marky-, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Um... <laughs> you know, I still stand by that. Also, I think one of them was like, 
the gnome and the other ones was a name thrown out there because we weren't allowed to use names because we didn't want to say who a leader was. So Gibbs was like, okay, the gnome and everybody else. <laughs> Either way, we go and we meet up with Poppy and Docantis who te- teach us about harmonic movements or harmonic action, which is something that Russ came up with, which basically allows us to combine our abilities to create something that's like outside of our abilities individually so it's very cool and very creative we come up with this move called extreme baseball where it's like a combination of a grenade and lightning and it's really neat and it took us forever to come up with it but eventually we did and then afterwards we get sent to gilgamesh's office because there's somebody who wants to meet us all and then that's it it's ali's turn ali's turn for for the listeners out there it says Prison Pals Recap and a smiley face, and it's in Comic Sans. Ollie's entire presentation is in Comic Sans. And so is in my In case life. you were curious. So we start at episode 17. So I don't remember, I didn't listen, re-listen to episode 16, so I didn't know that we left off uh, with being summoned to Gilgamesh's office, because that is not the first thing that we do in this episode. Apparently we got summoned to Gilgamesh's office and then said, you know what, he can wait. <laughs> We said we'll get there later. <laughs> um, I didn't remember that. We must have taken a break, like between the note recordings. might have said to come after lunch, and I just didn't write it down. Maybe that was <laughs> because there's like half this episode is not in Gilgamesh's office, decidedly. <laughs> So, uh, I guess we get summoned to the principal's office and said, never mind. So, we decide to go get lunch. And then uh, there's a Mean Girls cafeteria-esque scene where we look around at all the tables and take in all the clicks. Except there's only two clicks that we took in. There's some weirdly dressed people who we will later know as the Charmers. And then some gnomes and a dog who we will later learn is Team Little Knife. Thomas, one of the members of the Charmers, does like a little flirt with Holland, and then we're like, "Aight, let's go over there. So then we meet Maxie, Lord Brightstar, and Thomas, and we make some small talk with them. Lord Brightstar's kind of a jerk. Maxie's a clown, literally. And <laughs> Thomas is a pirate that flirts with people, not clickbait. That's about all I have to say about them. So then we go to Gilgamesh's office, and he says, What's up, guys? Uh, hey, MTV Cribs. Here's the Empress of the Land. You know, real casual, like. And then she's like, Oh, hey, it's me, the Empress of the Land. Um, exactly and we're all kind of shook. <laughs> yeah, that was, sorry, that was my Kiana impression. Um, <laughs> in case you couldn't tell. Hi, MTV. Welcome to my nation. <laughs> She explains to us that when we arrived, they put out in the papers that um, the city of Malra arrested us, basically um, so that people don't think we're still missing and aren't still looking for us. Like, we, they knew that the prisoners from Ragan escaped, but they didn't know where we were. So then they were like, it's okay, we arrested them. And no one knows what we look like because there were no pictures put out. Or I don't even think our names were put out, so we didn't have to, like, assume a fake identity or anything. Then she starts talking about some crazy stuff about how there's, like, this prophet lady who's the leader of Zipal, and she had this really big prophecy uh, saying that we're really important to stopping a big threat, and it's, like, this whole big deal about how we're going to save the world, and she knows, like, because there was something about, like, we found the comet that fell out of the rift, and the people that found that thing are the people that are gonna stop this big bad threat 
And we were like, oh, hey, that's us. And she was like, yep. So then we have to grapple with, um, I don't know, saving the world. It's a lot for a 10-year-old, 17-year-old, and however old Holland is. 24. And yeah, so then that happens. And then she's like, also, uh, I'm going to give you your first mission as a member or as a team in the guild now. Go play Tomb Raider. There's a professor named Snadel. Go meet them and go crazy, go stupid. And we're like, I eat. And then Holland's kind of, Holland's kind of upsetty spaghetti, because he's like, um, he's I'm with literal children. Yeah, I wrote snervous. I would like to comment on snervous, because I feel like it is a good, good, good measure of, like... I think it's a foreshadow. Yes, he's that's what nervous. I was trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Holland's Holland's like, um, I'm with literal children. Could we not save the world? And then we're like, don't go worrying about it. And in the end, we agree to go on the mission. Great, go to episode 18. Cool. Okay, so we decide to have a day of rest between all of this dark prophecy being dumped on us and going spelunking so gibbs and holland wake up by themselves and they're like oh no where's Vayu?" and then they find a ransom note essentially you know like with the little letters cut out and it's like go meet in the pool or for butt kicking or i don't know something and then they're like i so they go to the pool and surprise it's a pool party except actually it's just Vayu, and they're like hey get in the pool it's a pool party because that's how that works then we have like some little mini scenes. Uh, Gibbs talks to the Niles, I think his name is. He's one of the gnomes in Little Knife and his dog Waffles. Thomas flirts with Holland by teaching him how to swim. All of the guild masters roll up and we think that we're getting shut down, but actually they're here to boogie. Um, Venrous family's all there. We meet Trevane and all their kids. It's all cute. Indigo has a castle. It's big and inflatable and has weaponry. Gibbs loves that. Um, we play volleyball for pizza. Or I don't think it was pizza, but my brain said it was pizza. Pretty sure it was pizza. I think it was um, pizza. Great. Yeah. Gilgamesh ordered catering from Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Um, <laughs> sorry. And then we all had to fight over it. And then the party slows down. And it's fun. And that's that's that for that episode. Great. Episode 19. Good morning. It's 4 a.m. I just found out the professor left without us, so guess it's time for us to go. As we are sprinting down this hallway, Gilgamesh gives us some magic items. Gibbs got a yo-yo. It's like the lasso of truth. But you got a scarf. It casts fire magic. I haven't used it since I received it. Yeah, I <laughs> forgot about that. Either. I keep forgetting it exists. I almost and Holland has... Holland has the shield that gets big when he says protect. Um, oh, so then we, we end up at Blue Bright, comma, the vast. Um, and then Lady Cave Dark is like, what's up? And then we're like, hey. And then I wrote that we irritated her. I don't remember how we irritated her, but she we're not on her good side by the end of this arc. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, Professor went that way. See ya. And we said, okay. And then we walk for like three days. Not much happens. Holland and Vayu have a good conversation. Uh, we meet some stalagmites, the, their names are Crow and Layla, and they want to eat us. They're like, I want a munch, I want a crunch, and we're like, please no. Um, and they're like, okay, and that's it. So then we roll up to the cave, there was a big pee on the ground, I don't know why, I, I have lived through this entire arc now and I still couldn't tell you why there's a pee on the ground in Wait, front of the Wait, the letter cave. P or like someone peed? <laughs> there's a letter P on the ground. <laughs> what do you think, Kyle? 
So then we hop into this cave and surprise, it's a slope. So we slide down and then we ski jump and we think we're going to die. But then we land in some snake skin and uh oh, there's a really big snake. Holland screams. End of episode. Russ has something they need to mention. So the letter P. For those of you who are listening to our show for the first time, we were originally supposed to have a guest on the show uh, at this point, but schedules did not work out. The letter P was the name of the sorceress who originally locked up the cave where the big Mm. snake was located. And the letter P was her symbol. Um, This was supposed to be something that the professor revealed to you that after she had passed away a few weeks ago, this cave reopened. The P stands for passed away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) The P stands for peace, which is how she died. (laughs) The P stands for peace out, guys. I'm going to go die now. What in the world is happening? (laughs) But yes, just so you're aware, that is the reason why that was there. Thanks. The P stands for Professor Snadel abandoned us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so episode twenty, we're back to this. I, I like to think of it as like you know in cartoons when they like scream and then it cuts to commercial break and then you come back from commercial and they're still screaming. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I imagined like the end and beginning of these episode <laughs> episodes were. <laughs> so we picked back up and Holland was still screaming, but it's okay because the snake was really friendly. We meet, we meet the big snake, and he's really nice, and his name is Steven, with five S's. No more, no less. And through some through some conversation, we learn that he thinks we're Yuan-Ti, which are, like, snake people. He also thinks that he's only been there for seven days, which is just objectively not true. He thinks it's only been seven days because he, when he blinks, he thinks it's been a new day. But from what I can guess, he does not blink very often. <laughs> Uh, just just some context clues I put together. Context um, clues value. Context clues yeah, value. He we were like, where's everyone else in this cave? And he was like, Oh, well, they all went to serve Chadius. Y- Yamara is a person that they serve, yes. and Chadius is the the person leading them. Yeah. Then we said, Okay, Twitter, I'm heading out, and we go to the left. Uh, and then we're in like a weird food hall, and then there's a Jello. So then we fight the Jello. Uh, it it dies pretty quickly and then gibbs eats some trash oh first i sorry first they put the mask on their face and fail the wisdom save so then it's fused on their face so that's really cool and then they eat some trash and get poisoned and holland has to heal them and it's like a whole thing so then we're done and oh also we find a rock we, we learn we learn retroactively that we found the rock there, but we did find a rock there. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. That was like my two bad. episodes later <laughs> two episodes later, Russ is like, also guys, I forgot. <laughs> Which like understood. I feel that. Then then we walk past Steven and we go to a bunker, which is on the other side of the room. And we find some loot. I don't know what we found. I just wrote loot. Garbage. There's the the expired healing potion. Yes. Right? No, the expired healing potion's from like a while ago, isn't it? No, they no. were from the bunker. My brain decided that the expired one was the one we found at the beginning of our adventure, not the no. one we had just found. But you know, now that you say that, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> <laughs> We all we find this note also that's like, Dear Steven, if you read this, you're free. Leave. And we're like, ha? Huh? And then we go to Chadius's room. There's a skeleton there. It's a Sneeple skeleton. And we find, the, it's like a journal? Like a, 
I think it was a journal. Um, that's talking about how Stephen is like a criminal and had his memory erased, and it's very cryptic and spooky. Then we find a hidden door, and that's the end of the episode. What will happen next? You're about to find out, because I'm telling you. So in episode 21, we go through the hidden door, and then we find a snake statue that needs, it's missing some rocks. Specifically, it's missing like two eyes and two fangs. Conveniently, we had, I think, one eye and one fang already. So we just needed two more. I think we found the other, the other rock in the bunker. That was found in Chaddy's room. Right, it was in it's with it was with his clothes. Yes. Um so we go we go into a room and we're like, "Wow, there's a cool mirror. Wait, surprise, there's a mirror realm." Gibbs walks through the mirror and then there's somewhere else. Um and then we see Veronica, surprise, blast from the past, and some vampire dude named Demetrius and they're there to fight like the shadow mirror people which are closing in on us by the second and it's very it's very high stakes. So then we take the rock on the pedestal and go not after shattering the mirror. Yeah, we had to we had to destroy the mirror because um, Shadow Gibbs was about to kill us, I guess. And that was the whole thing. So then we go to the other room in that area, and it's like a ramp, and there's a pedestal with the rock on it, and we're like, "Oh, I've seen this before." So we try to Indiana Jones like do a little switcheroo. Uh, it doesn't go very well. So then the rock falls and tries to like you know does the rolly thing, and there's a whole chase sequence. Vi literally just like ditched everyone. They're like, "I eat Twitter. I'm a head out." Um, <laughs> and then Holland and Gibbs had to figure it out. <laughs> Um, so that was cool. Sorry, <laughs> I guess. But then we have all the rocks. So then we put them in the statue. Specifically, Vayu puts them in the statue. And then the snake comes to life and bites them and it hurts. But then they have a little snake boy who's very good. His name is Rocky and I love him. He will do anything for me as long as I give him my blood. And you know what? I respect that. So then we go into the room that Rocky, or Rocky unlocks the room that he was protecting. And there's some undead dude I wrote sucking on crystal. Um, he had like his hand on a crystal to be clear. Um he was not slurping said crystal. <laughs> so he just oh. he just had his hand on a crystal and you said sucking on crystal. He was sucking the life force. He was sucking the life force from the crystal. <laughs> was he? Right. So then we fight him. It doesn't go very well. Vayu faints. Holland defeats him. So then we have the next episode. Vayu is dead. No, they're not. They're just unconscious. Um, so then Holland heals them with his last spell slot. Um, and then Vayu's like, Vayu's like, health potion, please. And Gibbs is like, okay, here you go. And then Vayu gets knocked out again because it was expired. So Holland healed them with the healing salve. And from from then on, I think Vayu's okay. In that episode, I made a big deal about how that was the third time I got knocked unconscious, but I don't remember when the I first time was. Down, but I get up again. Yeah, that's Vayu's theme song in this, this uh, arc, apparently. <laughs> So then we're, like, trying to investigate this big glowing crystal, and Gibbs is like, you know what, I should do? Shoot it. Because, you know, that's the smart thing to do. So then well, another Gibbs monster comes out of it. a glowing crystal for a telescope, to be clear. That was the You didn't have to shoot there. it. I had to shoot it. So then there's, like, some lightning dude, and we had to fight a lightning dude, and that was hard, too. But then we, we win, and we go into this next room that is this really big mural and it depicts all of the races um the old and new ones as well as like yuan 
And they're all fighting together in this like giant battle. And it's like very old, so it's very mysterious that we see the new races there. Because as far as we knew, they were only like a recent development, but we apparently not. Oh, also there's a rift, uh, which we also thought was a new development, but once again, apparently not. Um, also, we open a chest and there's a box without a lid and potions and stuff. And then Russ had been making us roll d20s randomly. And then they said, it's destruction time, naughty children. <laughs> I wrote here, uh, Kesha voice, this place is about to blow. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> In case you were curious. So then we sprint back and we're like, Venny, let's get out of here. And he's like, what? And we're like, you're free. Let's go. So then he like, with his big snake body, goes up the ramp and Gibbs helps him like explode the entrance so that he can leave. And then the cave explodes behind us. That's episode 22. Great. Here's the next one. Okay. So the place blows up and then immediately Venny crumbles into snake skin. And we're like, oh no, our friend is gone. But suddenly, there's a half-elf boy. And he has, like, <laughs> sn- snake eyes. Um, I think Sam oh is no, laughing because hot. I wrote, <laughs> yeah, I wrote, oh no, he's hot? How old, how old is Benny in? He's, like, 20. <laughs> 20, I believe. Somewhere in, I think, like, 1920-ish. Yeah, so he, he looks like a half-elf, but he has, like, some scales and some snake eyes. We teach him how to walk. We teach him how to hug. It's cute. And we hold his hand and then we walk back. It takes like three days again. Also, we passed Kuro and Layla again. So then we get back to Blue Bright and we're like, hey, Lady Cave Dark, we're back. Uh, we didn't find the professor, but we found this dude. And she's like, you can't let him into the city. And we said, try us and like wrestle our way. We don't literally wrestle our way into the city, but like spiritually we did. We were like, we're just going to pass through. So he's under he's under protection from the guild. So go away. And she's mad at us, but they let us go through. And then we're like, hey, Gilgamesh, uh, we didn't find the professor, but we found a boy. And he's like, I guess. And then we're like, he used to be a snake. And he's like, I guess. <laughs> Overall, Gilgamesh is like, you know, you didn't do too bad. You found some discoveries. You didn't cause any property damage. So, you know, good job. But then we find out Docantus is our handler. That's cool. And he presents, oh, he pays us for this past one. And then he presents us with options for future missions. The, uh, there's a beast in the mountains somewhere that we could go fight. Malra doesn't have water, so that's kind of an issue. Malra also is infested with undead, so that's an issue. And he was like, take your pick. And Holland said water, and Gibbs said mountains. And I rolled a die, and we decided to find the water. Gibbs is upset. But they got over it eventually. Okay, so then the last episode that I have, instead of doing it chronologically, I split it up by character because it was like a, it was like another rest day. Mm-hmm. So it makes it makes more sense to split it up by characters action. So we'll start with Gibbs. They rolled up to Indigo. They discussed like telescope plans and robot plans. They bought a glowing crystal. Because they learned that you can just do that. And they, <laughs> when you give a 10 year old 500 gold, what else are they going to do with their money? They don't have bills to pay, they don't have fantasy taxes. <laughs> can you imagine if I made you do your fantasy taxes? Oh my <laughs> I would. Every April, we do fantasy tax day. <laughs> Gibbs starts drawing up plans for their robotic servant because that's mechanically. Like, that's the thing that they get as an artificer. So they started, like, discussing that. They 
discovered that the like orb all the way back from the copycat would be a good power source. They just need like multiple wizards to mend it. Um, so they make a plan to do that. And then they also build a helm of comprehending languages that looks like a Viking helmet. So then Holland, uh, he starts by sending money to Vergon through Mela. It's cute. Then he rolls up to the forge and talks to Trevain and he's like, hey, I want to train work metal. And Trevain's like, okay, cool. By the way, I'm the prophet of Forge. And Holland's like, oh, that's awkward. Um, so then Trevain's like, you gotta earn earn your way into here. And Holland's like, oh no. Trevain makes Holland make a sword out of adamantine. Is that what adamantine. it was? Adamantium. Uh, man- I don't I don't know metals. And it's a fake one. basically roasts his craftsmanship. So then um, Holland has to talk to God. And be like, dear God, make me good at making swords again. And Forge was like, okay, but be a good dis- disciple? Is that the word I'm looking for? Sure. Uh, anyway, Forge is like, okay, but be good. And Holland's like, okay. And Forge is like, be confident. Or Trevain's like, be confident. And Holland's like, okay. And then he makes a sword. That looks you make it like, sound like John Mulaney. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> That's, that was the vibe. And then he makes a cheese knife sword. <laughs> You're not That's wrong. That's it. You you were very insistent that your sword looked like a cheese knife. And then Vayu, Vayu didn't have... It wasn't super dramatic, um, but they basically went on a date with Maxi. They went to a puppy cafe, and they went to the park, and it was cute. Maxi kissed them on the cheek, and they panicked because they're dumb and gay. And then Trevain invited Holland and all of us to a big family dinner at the Forge, so then we had a cute family dinner. At the Forge, and that's how the episode ends. Alright, so, my Untitled Prison Pals recap, a la Untitled Goose Game, by <laughs> Kyle, Holland, and Sandy. Um, episode twi- 25, just around the riverbed. Where, oh, where did that water go? We go on a Platinum Ambitions mission. Um, we find an empty river that's supposed to be feeding into Malvo and giving them all their water. Water. In this river, there's a giant obsidian splash, like a little metal bowl um with a trail of obsidian footprints running running away from it it's also under a rift which is interesting and then we see some smoke and steam in the distance wild we did some things and people went into the the obsidian splash we didn't find anything uh besides it looked like somebody like landed there like a little person imprint um so we start following by the little you steam. mean like 10 feet tall large yeah not little but <laughs> by large. little you mean large <laughs> by little i mean large so then we go to follow the smoke and screen, steam, and we find lots of NPCs there. So we found Mr. Sequalis, who was um, a water elemental lady. She was fighting off the volcano that was there. There was a vo- giant volcano. Um, Mr. Sequalis has so many arms, and she's using the river up to fight the volcano, hence why there's no water in Malra, because she's using the water. Her son, Driplin, was is a water method. He's the interpreter, her interpreter, because she uh, uses sign language to communicate. Volcar, the volcano, um, also the person who fell into the obsidian, um, is cold, question mark. She is the daughter of Forge, uh, also Aqualis' ex, and she's try uh, should be napping because she's been asleep for 100 years or so. And she is buried down into the earth to get warm and stuff. Um, we also meet Scaldron. And they are the child of steam. Um, they represent steam and company. And they want to do po- paperwork a lot. They're really into uh, contracts and stuff. We are trying to figure out how to take care of Volcar um, instead of just jumping into a giant volcano so holland has a little chat with the forge and gets a really neat jar made of obsidian 
and then Holly starts lying to Scaldron about their name because their name is Holly now and not Gibbs. Mr. Sequalis gives everyone a blessing to have a water shield so they can go into the into the volcano and use Holland's new jar to capture Volcar. And then we jump in. And that was that. Episode 26, Volcanic Entrance. Okay, so we go into the volcano and um, there are four streams of lava climbing out of it. And that's what uh, Aqualis is trying to fight off. So we start following those streams down. Scaldron's following us like a butt. And then we uh, begin to lie with Gibbs to introduce ourselves. So Gibbs becomes Holly, uh, Holland becomes Sandy, and Vio becomes No. When we get to the base of the steps to the volcano, we fight some lava bats and fire snakes. And we very quickly learn we have to run away because they're kicking our butts. Then we go down and we see three doors with lava flows. So there's one uh, with two lava flows and two with one lava flow. The first door that we went to had a lava pool with a chicken head at the end of it that was that was vomiting lava out. There was a lever next to the chicken head, uh, so Vayu started hopscotching across the pool to get to it, and we found a lava crayfish, and we should have known that, obviously. Um, lava bath. Vayu is a chicky nuggy. Vayu is a dunkaroo. We fight the lava crayfish, Chim- and by fight, I mean we struggle endlessly to turn this lever off. Lots of stuff happened. We eventually used, like, a music box to distract the crayfish, and it was a mess, and we almost died. Vayu closed lava... St- dream with the lever scaldron sucks i think because they were clapping uh well after we did it and then we were had a big debate whether we should rest or not because we're all tired we decided no and then we continue to the next room where we find a dining room and a kitchen with some little baby flame people fighting and we don't know why episode 28 if you can't take the heat we play uh chopped i mean um cutthroat kitchen i mean um russ is chaotic there's a cooking competition between Vayu against Holland, but we're each paired up with one of the flame people. Uh, Vayu gets the flame, I forget which color they were, um, that doesn't speak common, and Holland gets the one that does speak common. Holland gets the worst one. Uh, and Gibbs is a judge. Uh, chaos ensues. During this competition, which we don't need to go through details of because it's not that important, we slowly reveal everyone's names to Scaldron because we're all, we're all dumb. There's a commercial break. During the during the event where Russ teases the anniversary of the KES Horizon. So that's fun and cool and foreshadowy. And then Vayu won again. And they've shut off two out of two lava flows. Episode 29, better or not. So we follow the final staircase down to the two lava flows uh, where we meet Cinderella, who is a giant lava rock person. And Cinderella explains that Volcar is singing a catchy tune that bring, that's bringing everyone here. So everyone that's been in the volcano was following the sound of Volcar's voice. And that there's an air about to hatch inside the bed chambers. And that's what everyone's there for, because the air. We trick Cinderella into playing hide-and-seek to get the flail, that is the last key to sealing off lava flow. I just realized that we just we only sealed off three lava flows, but there was four total. The fourth one comes from the main volcano, from past in Volcar's room. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Galdrin stops us before we go into the main chamber, and because they want to gather some information in exchange to help us out with defeating Volcar, um, so they say. So we signed a contract with Scaldron, which was stupid of us. Um, sure first of was. first of many mistakes. The basic gist of what happened is uh, Scaldron knows value and delivered them to their moms when they were born. 
and um, is also looking for the Lantern of Elements. Really, all of our questions that we asked Cauldron were not helpful at all. So it was really not a great deal for us. And then Driplin shows up to help take care of Volcar. Thanks, Driplin. Episode 30, Volcar. So Volcar is a big, big lava elemental, and there she is uh, singing to a big, big eggy, which is the air it's going to hatch. Gibbs fails a save against a pretty song that Volcar is singing and becomes a stubborn butt head who needs to protect both Volcar in the air. That's great, and I loved having to deal with that. We hear about the Salamander King, who knows who that is, and Phoenix Flames, which is a, a planet where magma slash forge and everyone else is like a fire deity, entity, whatever it comes from. From that, we learn that the gods are aliens. Great. Volcar is spicy mad at Holland because uh, Holland's like, hey, I've been to Phoenix Flames. And Volcar's like, you're breaking a contract. And Holland's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then we learn that the reason that the air, uh, what's happening here is that the air was sent by the Salamander King to colonize this this bland uh, like Christopher Columbus. Then Volcar starts telling Holland that in order, if she wants, if he wants her to stop, I think he would have to renounce his faith. I were just in general, he should renounce his faith because it's bad. Holland's still confused why. So in a sidebar, Dripham spills the tea about a war between the gods versus lightbringers. And because Holland is a religious celestial, he's breaking a treaty big time. So years ago, there was some war between the gods and the lightbringers, which are the Asimars. And there was a truce. And the whole thing was a lightbringer could never worship the gods or something like that. And Holland is unaware of this. Also, Driplin continues to spill the tea because they know all the information apparently, and they don't have to. Uh, they don't have to hold back because they didn't sign an NDA like Volcar did. The new races used to be here a long time ago, and they disappeared. And the gouging brought them back. And we learned that also from the um, mural that Vayu went over. So, in the end, Holland and Vayu signed a contract with Scaldron to get have Nimbus remove Volcar in the air. But then Holland and Vayu have 30 days to retrieve the Lantern of Elements that Scaldron wants from Vayu's monastery. We don't know what the Lantern of Elements does or anything like that. So we made a great deal and we might be dooming the world. But you do know that if you fail, you'll be interns, unpaid interns, for 4,000 years each. I love that for us. Wouldn't that be an interesting D&D game? Vayu <laughs> <laughs> and Holland do, do newbie work. And then there's a lava squark. Episode 31, Loose Ends, or a giant plot d- dump on us. I'm sorry. So after um, Nimbus takes care of everything and Volcar in the air and the lava squark and Skaldron are all gone, Gibbs realized they done did goofed um, and we made a mistake. Possibly. But anyway, we, we fix everything, and the river takes back the volcano, and Malver has water again, which is great. Mr. Sequalis thanks everybody and gives everybody presents. Vio gets a nice chalice. <laughs> See the pun? It's a pun. Yeah, okay, thank you. Um, uh, Gibbs gets a bubble wand, and Holland gets a water locust, and finds out there's more of these primordial loci in the world that he should find to complete a set that are super powerful. That's cool. We go back to our Platinum Ambitions. Someone's been in our room for some reason. It's been tossed and ransacked. Then we find out there's a note by the Violet Raven. They want their stuff back, or they're going to spill that we are refugees slash fugitives. That's the word I should have used. I said refugees, but we're fugitives. Then we go to Docanto to tell him everything, and he doesn't help us at all, because apparently he's not a helpful handler. 
Thanks, Tocantis. Love you. Then Vayu reads their mother's journal and learns a bunch of information that I did not retain at the moment. It was based on the names of a bunch of various children of gods that her that their mother has interacted with, like Galvana and Skaldrin and Dust's kid and lots of people. There's also a, a, a detailed event about um, their mother fighting off an entity that was trying to attack the monastery and possibly try to get the lantern of elements we are assuming they don't name that but we assume we take context clues by you then uh gibbs gets their crew together to repair the gem they stole from the copycat and the goo likes it once the gems are repaired and it's like squiggling around again indigo and holland prioritize the box that we found in the ruins by the mural um instead of just gibbs ignoring it Inside it, once we open it up, is a pair of golden claws kept by a chain that are used to free people from Yamara. I thought they were silver claws. They were gold. They were definitely gold. Okay. Also, these things happen in a weird order, but you know, whatever. Vayu's mom says, don't let Skaldron get the lantern. That'd be bad. Uh, also, we find that there's two Vayu juniors this for some reason. This is through the use of a sending spell. Russ is glad we finally did plot stuff. So after <laughs> we find those claws, uh, we go to Venny. And once Venny sees them, he's like, wow, I have my memory back. <laughs> and Venny uh, was a rebel against Yamara. He built those claws. He made those claws to help people. And that's why he was in prison in that tomb, whatever, down there and like taking memory away. So then Holland realizes that these that Malachi's golden shackles are what these are meant for. So he goes with Vayu and they release Malachi from his shackles. Malachi is now able to tell us everything. Um, but apparently we already knew all the information he gives us, basically, besides the fact that he was in Nerys during the gouging. The city felt the rift. They went to this other place. It's like cold. And he was imprisoned and forced to do labor and stuff. He escaped from his prison to Ragan through another portal rift thingy. Just turns out Yamara is the man in white. And he's a Hecanalian too with a spaceship tower. That's fun. Episode 32, A Cinderella Story. Uh, the next day, Vayu goes to train with Mistress Aqualis and gets more arms because that's what they needed was more arms apparently. Holland goes searching for Lady Serena of the Flame, finally, after having this letter from B for a while. He goes to Trevane for help, and Trevane's like, mm, that's my sister. She's not alive anymore. Let's go look at her tomb. And after a conversation with that, Holland finds out that Trevane and Lady Serena know B and Ulrich. So Holland has been trained by this entire group of friends, apparently. Trevane's like, also, while you're here... I want to retire from being the prophet of Forge because it's a lot of work and I've got a lot of stuff on my plate. And uh, Forge kind of wants to pass the title on to you. So deal with that. And Holland's like, mm, nope, I'm good. And then Holland's like, did you know that the gods are aliens? And Trevane's like, no, I didn't. What? Gibbs unveils a monstrosity. I mean, Cinderella, who is... Listen to the episode. I'm not describing what Cinderella looks like. Gibbs clearly doesn't know the story of Cinderella because their perception of what that story was is very out of whack. And at the end of the episode, we go to the park to return some stuff to the Violet Raven, um, so they don't blackmail us. The representatives of the Violet Raven are literally a raven person, and someone in the gold plate mask, which I was really into that aesthetic. And then during this exchange, some zombies show up, uh, we fight them, and then the Violet Ravens leave without helping and take their stuff, and that's real helpful. Thank you so much for just not letting us die. And then after we start defeating the zombies, there's one zombie person left who's like, powerful mage person and they like dissolve into the ground and they yell at holland the sanctuary calls you 
and that's a great way to lead off the season, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right? The sanctuary calls you, y'all. The sanctuary, which has been hinted at many a time last season. Many a time. And that's all of season one. We really did that. So we record an entire season, everybody. I'm proud of us. Before we end our recordings, I wanted to ask if anyone has any questions to ask me, the GM, whether it be plot questions you have that aren't spoiler territory or just like questions you have in the narrative. Everything kind of lined up pretty yeah, solidly. I, I feel like most of the things I had questions about, I had just forgotten information on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what you're telling me is that my through line is pretty good. It's yes, very you're solid. a great GM, Russ, and we love Russ what you do. Perfect. Your story Everyone's is rock standing. solid. There's no flaws in it Thanks. whatsoever. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so that was season one. Uh, as of the recording of this, we've recorded, I believe, two episodes of season two. It's gonna be a spicy time. This entire season is gonna be taking place mainly over the course of the next week in game, aka the Unity Festival that was teased in the If You Can't Take the Heat episode. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on. Uh, for those of you who have been able to listen to Villains episodes, you know that there's more stuff going on behind the scenes. So I think that's it for me, the GM. Anybody else want to say anything to our lovely listeners who have made it through possibly an hour and a half long episode with us just talking at them? Give us a review on iTunes. I love you. Become a patron. <laughs> Become a patron You're to look really at our sweet. look at our um slideshows. Oh yes. So that's yeah. true. What we did for this is we all actually made real slideshow presentations and we're posting it on Patreon. Um, it's gonna be for one dollar patron patrons. So if you want to see our slideshows and see Ollie Wright's nervous, please join our Patreon. I had to edit the curse words out of my PowerPoint. I worked really hard on my PowerPoint. Everybody go look at it. <laughs> okay, so we also on Twitter, um, we tweeted out that we are looking for a fifth cast member because we have decided it's time to have a fifth cast member. Um, by the time you're hearing this, our, it'll be very close to the deadline. Um, deadline is February 22nd. We've gotten some great submissions so far, but if you're interested in applying, please do. We are looking for a member of the LGBTQ plus community and also a member of the BIMPOC communities, which stands for Black, Indigenous, Mixed, person, People of Color. So if you meet both criteria, please look at uh, applying to be on our show because we're looking for new pals. And I, I want to make sure this is clear. This is not a like guest position. This is a full-time cast member. Um, like helping produce the show and everything. Yeah, it's helping produce the show, recording with us, that kind of stuff. So yeah, if you... we're trying to replace Sam. So yes, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so if you were interested in applying, please do. You don't need the fanciest equipment or anything. I literally record in my bedroom. Ollie records in their living room. Like I record in my bedroom. Sam records in their bedroom. So like, legitimately, you don't need the best setup in the world. Are we good on announcements, everyone? Tell us you love us on Twitter. Join our Discord. Uh, tell me specifically that you love the show on iTunes reviews. No one else in the cast, specifically me. Buy dice via our Dice Envy. Thanks, Bardic Martin, for our music. Also, if you write music, please let us know. Add us on Twitter uh, so we know about this. Especially if you are a LGBTQ plus person. Please hit us up. Let us know. All right. Bye, everybody. Goodbye.
Get lit, fam. Sam, are you not going to say goodbye? Sam, say goodbye. Please.